0: Welcome to The Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, chronicles and lessons from a life tied to family, community, and the land. I'm Shannon Hayes, and I operate Sapbush Hollow Farm with three generations of my family in the northern Catskill Mountains in upstate New York. I'm the chef-owner of Sapbush Cafe, a farm-to-table and neighbor-to-neighbor experience open Saturdays only in our tiny hamlet of West Fulton. And I'm also the author of a few books, including Radical Homemakers and the Grass-Fed Gourmet. This podcast is the audio version of my blog, which can be found at sapbush.com or theradicalhomemaker.net. Ever been afraid that following your dreams will tear apart your family? I've known that fear many times, and each time I faced it, I learned the opposite was true especially when it comes to finding lost chickens. That's what I'm going to be talking about this week on The Hearth of Sapbush Hollow. The Lost Chicken Don't forget how easy it is to lose a chicken. My inner voice whispers to me on New Year's Day as Bob and I open the mailbox and find that the cafe's beer and wine license was delivered the day prior. We're home now. I'm dancing in the living room, celebrating this monumental achievement that I never before recognized as such. Seriously, this was harder than the PhD. But all the while I'm dancing, and the dogs are barking, and the girls are laughing, and my sister in law and niece and nephew who are visiting for the holidays are giggling at my antics. An inner voice chants, The chicken, the chicken, the chicken. Never forget the chicken. I lost a chicken the night before our cafe opened in July of 2016. It was a frozen chicken I brought home from the farm for our ritual Saturday evening dinner, and it meant a lot to me. From the time we first moved in together, Bob and I had a Saturday night ritual. I put a chicken on to roast. He made martinis. We sipped and danced in the living room or out on the porch or out in the yard, depending on the weather. Dogs moved in and pawed and howled at our fox trots and swing turns, so we abandoned dancing to howl and chatter with them. Pregnancy ensued, so the martinis were replaced with herbal tea for a spell, but they eventually returned. And chattering children soon shouted over howling dogs until we all managed to chorus together. And still, we roasted the chicken and sipped our martinis on Saturday nights. But that night, before the cafe opened, as I tried to remember all the things I still needed to move into the cafe and remember all the things I had to do to open in the morning and worried if all the money we invested was going to result in a giant, humiliating financial catastrophe, as I raided my home kitchen for the pots, pans, and ingredients that still hadn't come in for the cafe, I lost the family chicken. I abandoned all other projects I was mistakenly trying to carry on simultaneously and cried out for an all-out household search for the frozen chicken. Bob, Sertia, and Ula all stepped up to the hunt. I just wept. I wept because it all felt so symbolic. Saturday night roasted chicken was the punctuation of our week. It was the point where life stopped, where we gathered, where celebration was always in order. It was a festival of love, hunger, great food, family, sunset, starlight, glorious moons, happy dogs. All the things that represented the truest form of wealth for Bob and me. And I lost it. Bob found the chicken on a shelf next to the toilet. Please don't ask me how it got there. I left it to thaw in the kitchen sink and prayed that I hadn't lost our Saturday nights. But we did. Our exhaustion levels were so high, Saturday night became about little more than foraging for a snack. But then, with time and a steep learning curve, things changed. I found things that were better than Saturday night chicken dinner. Serge and I crawl out of bed at 3 a.m. to go down to the cafe to start proofing the croissants. As they wake up, we curl up together in front of the fireplace on bedrolls and snatch a little more sleep. An hour later, I get up and start baking while I listen to classical music quietly in the kitchen. An hour after that, she picks up the bedrolls and blankets and starts to dial in the espresso machine along with the rock and roll tunes. As sunrise comes to West Fulton, we slide shots of espresso back and forth, dance to the music, and sip espresso as we debate flavor notes, change the grind, sip, and debate again until we can pull the perfect shot. This is a private time, sacred to both of us, and it's a highlight of her week. Oola and Bob join us two hours before opening, and she won't start the day without coming back into the kitchen and demanding a long hug from me. It's an amazing way to launch a cafe morning. And Saturday itself is filled with these amazing customers and neighbors. From my place at the grill, I get to watch them talk to each other, move from table to table, visit, crack jokes, make plans to help each other, and with frightening frequency, spontaneously burst into song. And when I have tough days, there's always someone sitting out front willing to talk it out when things slow down. All of these have been amazing trade-offs for a Saturday night chicken dinner. Nevertheless, with improved skills and organization, Bob and I found our way back to Saturday night martinis once more, too. And while Saturday chicken didn't make its way back, we were way too exhausted for more cooking and dishwashing, Sunday became a new Saturday. Sunday brunches with the girls became the order of the day, with extra pots of coffee and me reading stories aloud from back issues of the New York Times. The Saturday chicken became a Sunday chicken, and Mom and Dad now drive up to join us at the table. We have drinks, we swap stories about the week, we feast, sometimes we even watch a movie. We lost the Saturday chicken. But it turns out we traded it for even better weekly rituals. I need to remember this right now. With the beer and wine license and our addition of Saturday evening dinner hours, everything is changing and shifting again. Sersha and Ula are unsure of their place in the new routine. Bob and I are trying to learn new food prep schedules. At the same time, I must carve out more and more hours to market more broadly, to find the customers who will make the journey and fill up those tables each Saturday evening. We've doubled our employees and we're writing protocols and training and setting up payroll services and coordinating work schedules and meeting all kinds of new labor requirements. I'm working on new recipes and learning to taste wine and beer like I had to learn to taste espresso. It's easy to lose a chicken in all this. But on opening night, Sersha and Ulla insist on coming down and just sitting at the counter while Bob and I run the show with Lisa and Eileen, our new staff. Mom and Dad come in to have dinner. Sersha dials in the espresso machine and passes shots to Lisa and Eileen, instructing them on how to taste it. Ulla helps Eileen learn to use the point-of-sale system and visits customers. Mom and Dad do the same. The whole family sticks together through the entire shift, even though two-thirds of us aren't even required to be there. I go home exhausted, but relaxed and happy. It was a quiet night, but it was also successful. We made money, Lisa and Eileen got used to things, and I got to talk to some wonderful new customers. I drift off to sleep that night, then lurch awake, the chant still in my brain, the chicken, the chicken, the chicken. Never forget the chicken. And then I realize I can't lose the chicken. In fact, I never actually lost the chicken because Bob and Mom and Dad and Sersha and Ula are all there helping to hold on to it. Maybe it's not a roasted chicken dinner on Saturday night anymore, but it is family watching out for each other in life and business, making sure that we still find time to rest, to play, and to love. There will be some more chaos for a spell as we adjust to the new routines and climb the learning curve once more. But on this farm, at least there will always be plenty of chicken. If you enjoyed this, I hope you did, please take a few minutes and leave a review. This helps other folks find my work. And if you could share this podcast with friends and family, so much the better to help get the ideas to spread. To learn more about our grass-fed meats, weekly cafe specials, wool yarn, all-natural wool bedding, our super cozy vacation rental, or our tenter site be sure to visit sapbush.com. There you can also find out more about my books or how to schedule me for a speaking event or a class. You can also just pose a question that you'd like me to answer on air. Thank you, folks. I couldn't do it without you. If you'd like to help support my work and gain access to exclusive content, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by hopping over to Patreon and looking up Shannon Hayes. This was produced and edited by the sexiest man alive, my husband Bob Hooper, and the great music we're listening to comes to us from Memory. Thanks for listening and have a great week.